0: So this is Zion Kim, the founder of 1MT and Kaboom Coaching. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza, with The Mastermind Effect.
1: You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about Masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Everyone, today we've got the founder of 1MT and co-founder of Kaboom Coaching, Zion Kim. We get into how he hacked his brain and he learned how to learn. He talks about how most people are not growing as leaders as they build a codependence through mentorship. And Zion explains why you need to do an audit of your personal time. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the founder of One MT and the co-founder of Kaboon. Kaboom, Kaboom zion kim zion man welcome to the show thank you for having me glad to be here absolutely hey when the listeners realize all the the golden nuggets and the the truth bombs that you're throwing out there and they want to reach out to you and learn more and work with you or just learn more about zion and what you're up to where's the best place through social or personally that they can connect with you
0: Sure. So the easiest way to find me right now is definitely to be on Facebook, just Zion Kim, or you can find me on Instagram and shoot me a DM. Uh, although I'm probably a little bit more difficult to find through there.
1: <laughs> and and I want you to, I want the listeners to realize this. So I saw Zion or heard Zion in a, in a clubhouse room where he was connected with some of the people that, that I hang out with. And it's amazing how small our circles really are at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. I reached out, messaged him on Instagram and lo and behold, here he is. And I've got one of his uh, team members that was just on the show. So uh, the world of people you want to connect with isn't as big as what you think it is at the end of the day. So
0: yeah, I think um, most people don't realize just how, you know, the one to two degree of separation from just pretty much anyone that you would really want to meet here.
1: Yeah, it's the five degrees of Kevin Bacon, but when it's this, it's the five degrees of the result leaders, not the thought leaders, because, you know, my six-year-old has a thought when he gets up, but the people that are the activators, the result leaders, those are the ones. That's Zion. That's the Nick Petersons, and that's who you want to hang out with at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Cool. All right, man. You know, our ability to learn has drastically changed and, and and what we have access to over the last five, 10 years. Uh, when you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers, friends, family, our coworkers, people around us, but that's really a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your
0: early years versus today? You know, I mean, in my earlier years, I think that I, you know, I mean, obviously I went to school and had tutors and things like that. So I feel like um now, well. In the middle of, um, I guess, really inside the last 10 years, I didn't necessarily read a lot, uh, but I learned a lot from other people. So uh, I heard this uh, phrase one time that says, "You know, knowledge is on Wikipedia and resources flow through people. So I feel like I just met a lot of the right people and got connected to them and really just learned what they were up to and the things that were working in practice, right? Because inside of uh, books and courses, um, you know, some of these things are, I mean, of They're relatively, right? They're relatively um, useful. But when you actually hear what's working now, what are the things that are really applicable? What are the things that people are really doing and really being able to learn from people's experiences? um, That's truly where I did a bulk of the learning. And then only recently um, have I really started to get back into books, And I've been reading like a a madman for the last couple of weeks. And then I did a, you know, a short stint on Clubhouse for quite a many hours and decided to (laughs) take a break from that as well. Um, You know, it it was just it was nice. But, you know, then um, it just became quite regurgitated. as like, you know, most of these guys are my friends anyway. So I was going to find something. I'll just call them up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, I I get on there religiously once a week, and it's with some of the people that you and I that hang out with, and it's more just you know I sit there and you know listen in. But you can really drown a lot of time on Clubhouse, uh, and it can be unproductive. There's ways to find productivity through it, but uh, when you can reach out and learn from other people's experiences, like you're saying, I mean, just the world is your oyster. They they can help you see around corners. They can help you before you step in a landmine because they're living it. Right then and there, or they have lived it, or they know someone. I think some of the best teachers sit there and say, Hey, I don't
0: know everything, but I got someone for you. Yeah. And it really depends on the depth of knowledge that I really want. Right. Like, for example, you know, I'm, I know that I'm a, a seven on the Colby score. Right. So I'm, I'm super, super high in the fact finding side of things. So I like to get and receive a lot of information. And when I do, then I get started quite quickly, but I like to understand the landscape of what I'm really getting myself into. And when I was in college, uh, I took this, um, Educational psychology course. And I was the only person in that entire course that was not there to be a teacher one day. Right. And and I told myself, you know, well, if I'm going to take any course in college, like, let me figure out how uh, my brain works and how I actually learn, because that's the entire thing. uh, That's the entire premise of the course is the psychology of how you learn and how your future students will learn. So I said, well, let me use this to actually hack my way through college and understand how I can you know, really navigate. And that ultimately became one of the best decisions I think I made in, in school because I learned really just how my brain works. And to this day, it's a still a lot of the same foundational principles of how I intake a lot of information and, and actually retain it. Wow. That's I love that you hacked your
1: own brain and you taught yourself how to learn and I think that's a difficult that's a difficult thing because we really aren't taught to learn we're taught to sit there and say read this book take this quiz do this test do this report and then repeat in something else that literally might have nothing to do with what you're going to become or what problem you're going to solve in the future and I think that's a one of the areas where maybe standard education is broken but you went in there and dissected like hey how can I utilize this best and how can I learn what what was the background that was that just you inherently, or was that people that you around your family? Like what made you say, I got to learn how to learn.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, as you were talking, the inspiration really came from a philosophy course that I took, right? Because in philosophy, they talk about the meta layer or the meta thinking of what you're doing. So it's, it's looking at your thinking, right? So if for the first time I, I was really introduced to this idea of, well, if you're clear on how you think and what you're actually thinking, and you know philosophy is truly this entire study just looking at how people think so then, when I looked at it from that premise, I said, "Okay, this is fascinating because then all of the frameworks that you learn are really on how you're navigating through the world, how you're actually thinking, and once I got clear on that, then I said, "Well, you know I, I was literally just flipping through what are all the courses available?" I said, "Oh, educational psychology, this sounds awesome, and you know I just signed up for it,
1: yeah." No, and it's uh, m- when I was in school, I was like the fastest path forward. I didn't even want to be there. And my mom's like, hey, you need this piece of paper, which I look at a little differently today. But right. I was just like, how can I get to the work world? I'm working three jobs, putting myself through school. I want to just get through this. And I didn't actually get to look at it through the lens that you had. And uh, I- I'm sure you've heard this, but that's truly remarkable and amazing. And how you decided to frame why you were there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually what I realized was... You know, I had so many things that I thought because it was interesting because after I took the course, I went back and looked at, you know, the different versions of me going up through high school, middle school and elementary school. And, you know, what I was processing in my mind, right, because I actually thought that there was this um, that there were these kids that just got it right and these kids that were smart and there were right and and no one ever actually told me it's like no like the reason why people are able to uh do certain things in the world is because they actually are able to work on it and that's not something that's actually been shared with me throughout the years right so it wasn't until uh i took you know my own learning into my own hands that i ever actively uh got into the boat of wait right you know people don't just become successful right people don't just um you know get things people don't just uh, end up being amazing at chemistry yet that was a seed that was planted you know by a former teacher of mine and that ended up you know being something i carried with me for quite uh, quite some time until that myth finally got dispelled wow i
1: love it i love it if more people saw that the lens through your eyes or how they can you know utilize that type of education i think uh, i think we'd see some more problem solvers out there and you know kind of speaking of information we have more ways to take it than, than ever before. And it's it's almost overwhelming to know where you should be going and who you should be learning from. Um, some people, they learn from mentors, other accountability buddies, masterminds, coaches, online courses. You said it. There's There's a ton of ways to learn out there. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? You
0: know, it's funny because I've... I mean, at this point, I've mentored so many different companies. And in terms of the people that I learned from, it's just people who've been there, done that. Right. And um, to your point, I I just connected with them through masterminds. Right. So I, you know, I don't like to learn things too many steps ahead. I I like to just kind of see, okay, based on where I am, like what are the inputs I can have? And then, of course, there's like the magical inputs based on just being in the right place, right time. So, Um, So in terms of specific people, I mean, I'm reading books right now by like Dan Kennedy I'm rereading. uh, I'm just looking at, you know, my bookshelf here, right? I'm I'm reading this book called 15 Commitments to Conscious Leadership, right? Because I said, okay, well, this is an area that I want to be super clear on. And then the other day I read a book on cap tables, right? Because again, I wanted to get a foundational understanding of some uh, more of the terminology before I went and spoke to some other people that have more experience in deals and uh, acquisitions, M&A, and, uh, and and what that looks like. So I was like, okay, well, let me just get more of a foundational understanding. So I'm not just asking them the basic questions, right? So because um, I think it's really important for you to make sure you're optimizing the time. So, and the answers you're going to get are only going to be dictated by the level of quality question that you're actually asking, right? And, and that for me uh, is so apparent, uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, don't realize how to truly leverage the mentors that they have in front of them because they aren't asking the right questions.
1: Can, can you read? So, so you're the second person and and each of you, Jeff Moore, uh, I don't know if that name sounds familiar, but Jeff Moore says something very similar to that. And I almost messaged him this morning. Hey, we're, we're only something to the quality of the effectiveness of the question. So for the listeners, can you can you say that one more time? Because
0: I loved how you phrased that. Yeah, so the the answers that you receive in life are always going to be dictated by the quality of the question that you ask. And, you know, and I'll give a perfect example, right? So there are a lot of questions that people ask that are actually inherently rooted in fear, right? So a question like, how can I make enough to do this? How can I um, get this done? How can I, right? All of these questions are actually rooted in a level of, uh, of, scarcity, Right. And scarcity and fear. It's actually inherently with the assumption that you already have a lack of resources. So it doesn't actually open up a space of wonder and and, and the expansiveness of all of the things that are actually available to you. It's asking a question that is coming from a place of your limitation. So then the answers that you're going to receive, of course, are also going to follow with more limitation because they're working with the exact constraints that you were given.
1: Yeah, coming at it from a scarcity mindset as opposed to you know the abundance area, realizing the people you have around you, knowing how to ask a, a question that can move the needle, I, I think it's a game changer. Utilizing the mentors. I love how you're like, people don't utilize the mentors and people around them. And why? I know I've been successful, I am successful, but sometimes I don't bring it because I'm like, oh, I need one more piece before it needs to go in front of them. And guess what? You've already made it in the circle. You know right. Whatever that circle is, go to them. They might actually help you before you make a wrong decision that could be financially crippling. So everything right there, if we didn't, if I didn't ask you another question, you just, you've released so much that I I love right there, but I've got some more for you if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. You know, people in general, we get stuck and we don't know how to execute what's in our head. You know, we're still going through a pandemic in some form of fashion, depending on where you are in the world. But to me, I think it's causing a reset in how we can accomplish things. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to get unstuck and, and reset
0: your, your, your mind? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've actually just recently had this experience in 2019 because I was coming off of a failed business. I literally let go of, you know, 35 people, right? And failed is, you know, failed meaning that. Um, well, I had to let go of thirty-five people, so that was just upsetting more than anything, right? So, uh, my confidence as an entrepreneur was just completely shot, and um, you know, and I, I kind of had my head in the gutter, right? There was just this lack of uh, confidence and, and direction, and and just really loss of vision because again, I was just rooted um, in that fear, in that scarcity, and and quite frankly, there was just a lot of judgment uh, in that space. So, uh, I went to you know, fast forward a couple months later, uh, I went to a mastermind. Um, and, and, and this truly is a group of people that just, I mean, it's just really rooted in love, right? It's just really a group of a, a, a haven for entrepreneurs. And I think that's truly what a proper mastermind uh, will effectively create for people is just saying, Hey, look, um, you are a strong person everywhere else, and you don't have to do that here, right? You can just be whoever you want to be. You can just show up as you are, um, give fully, uh, receive fully, express fully, and just and just be the depth of the human that you are, right? And, and my belief is that a, a proper group, uh, a properly curated group of entrepreneurs, will inherently have an ethos like this, especially you know the higher level that you go, because you know it's because we all know that business will be done no matter what when you have a, a ton of epic people in the room. So you know, so I just remember you know landing. This was um, a group called Baby Bathwater. Uh, I. So I, I literally landed in Croatia in 2019 and, you know, I see one of my friends, I walk up to him, he says, how are you doing? And I just broke down crying like immediately. Right. And, you know, and it was the first time that I really got to just share with a group of people who I know could actually see me and hear me and understand me. And I said, okay, you know what, this is amazing. Right. And just to be able to have that space of expression and then just for people to hold up the mirror to me and just, you know, kind of pour into me and just say, no Zion, you know, you are um, really awesome. And, and, you know, it's just all this like positive feedback from all these incredible, you know, seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, right. You know, people who've been part of billion dollar companies to share, holding up that mirror. And it was just such a, a, a nourishing experience. Right. And, and then from there, you know, then the ideas start to flow and the connections start to flow and everything, you know, and, and that truly was a catalyst for me that got me back on you know, really, yeah, just got me back on my perspective and relationship with myself there.
1: Yeah, I I uh, appreciate you sharing that because, I mean, that was something internally that happened with other people a few years ago, 2019. and 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 for you to have to let 35 people go, horrible thing, not only internally for you, for those people, but that means at some given point, whatever, how that business was being built, you were able to hire 35 people at some point as well. So- yeah. You know, there was there was success through that and growth through that. sometimes right. things are out of our control, but what what a way, and I've heard of baby bathwater, so that's why I was like, you know
0: yeah, uh, great, and, great,
1: great. yeah and uh no that's I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because that, that's something that happened and 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 look where you're at now um so continue to be successful, but a lot of that is with the people that you're surrounding yourself with sometimes we have to empty out that cup and refill it and make sure whoever we refilling it with, or an idea that we're refilling it with, it's not worse than the one that we got rid of.
0: Right. So I think yeah, that, um, yeah. And I think I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't mention, um, the Mavericks, uh, Maverick 1000 as well with, uh, you know, led by Yonic, that group was truly my entry point, uh, into this role, into this industry. and And it just, it becomes this exponential catalyst for incredible connections and relationships. That again, and that's another group that just has the same ethos of um, really bringing people together and just really building and nurturing these deeper bonds. And that that that's just you know. So I have to mention if I'm going to be <laughs> if I'm going to we're going to be talking about masterminds, I, I have to mentioned Maverick as probably one of, you know, again, one of the most impactful groups that I've ever been a part of.
1: Yeah. And I, I've heard of them as well. Uh, amazing adventures. I've heard of the Mavericks sitting on Necker Island with uh, Sir Richard Branson and on and on and on. So yeah, beautiful
0: time. Necker's amazing. Yeah.
1: Have you you've been <laughs> there?
0: I have. Yeah. Do you know
1: anyone by the name of Carol Hamilton that might've been, you know, okay, gotcha. She uh, I don't mentioned think so. a similar story. That's why. Yeah. Cool. 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 Well, you know, masterminds, they've been around for a long time. You know, probably if you think about it, the first one was the apostles and then Benjamin Franklin creates the Junto club or the leather apron club. And then this guy by the name of Napoleon Hill, he writes a book, kind of really rounds it out as the, the self-education world, masterminds, coaching, mentorship, it, it continues just to get, to grow. Where do you see the parallels going? standard education, which is, you know, you've been through that versus self-education, which is, you know, what, you know, you continue to grow
0: right now, where do you see the parallels going, go forward? Yeah. Um, so, so I'd love to kind of throw mentorship back in that ring, right. Of mentorship, self-education and uh, more standard education. Um, and the reason is because I think that most people are quite ineffective in self-education. Uh, I, I think that most people actually don't have enough vision for themselves and where they are, uh, especially if they're just starting off to actually be effective in curating their own education experience. Um, you know, that's that's almost as um, that's definitely more ineffective than standard education. You actually be better off by right, going and getting a standard education than, than doing the self-education. Now, the reason why I want to bring mentorship back into that is because um, you know, mentorship, I think, has gotten two really amazing um, paths now right? Where mentorship in the past was, oh, let me go find this unicorn of a mentor who's going to guide me through my life and do all these things. But now, you know, mentorship is quite structured, right? So when you have all these programs and courses and books saying, hey, you know, you want this outcome, right? You want this result. You want to get over here. Well, here is my process of how I've gotten people like you to that process. And that was, and I believe that to me is what uh, the future of education is going to be. Right. Because um, that level of mentorship is saying, Well, I've already been there, so let me help you save a bunch of steps and actually get there. And here's a structured way to do it so that we've essentially created the rules of engagement of mentorship. So it's no longer this awkward process of, oh, you know, do I ask him to be my mentor? How does this work? And he just wants to give back and whatever it is. It's like, no, this person's job is to pour into you and help you skip a couple of steps. Right. So um and then i think the intersection of the future of the education model is well it's mentorship first as a as a guiding principle of hey we're going to get you here but as the roadblocks actually come up on that path then here is coaching, right? And coaching as a as a tool of leadership development so that you are actually growing as a human being and you're able to effectively make better decisions for yourself and tap into your own mastery along the way. Otherwise, most folks that just rely on a, and this is actually the ineffective part of mentorship is that most people are um, not growing as leaders because they're actually creating a codependent relationship. To their mentors in this industry, and you see it quite a bit, right? Where you know, you see people that have all the success in the programs because they've you know followed all these tactical step-by-step processes, but then what they what you're seeing is this huge industry of people who can't actually think for themselves and really critical, right? And and I don't mean this offensively at all, right? But and but I'm like, this is where I pride myself and the folks that I work with. It's like, no, like it's not providing the opportunity for people to truly develop as leaders, to lead themselves and to develop themselves. And and I think uh, mentorship with the intersection of coaching, leadership development is going to be the future of of our education system.
1: Yeah. And, and gosh, I felt like you were directly speaking to me because I went on the path of standard education wasn't for me, but I still finished it. And I didn't find out about self-education and until really 2018 and a, 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 a quantum leap happened in 2019 and continues to this day by putting myself in uncomfortable situations where I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room but sometimes we look back and we're like why didn't I start this back then probably because you weren't ready for it and that's okay like the longer you har- you you harbor the why didn't I do this five years ago the longer it's going to take you to actually just move forward and say it wasn't time but now it is. And, and that's absolutely true. Now, you know, typically when someone invests in themselves, you know, I look at an investment stock market, housing market yourself, and the ha- highest ROI out of any of them, because the one you can control is yourself. I'm in the stock market. I'm in the housing market. I can't control what the heck goes on there. Myself, I can. What should people expect when they realize that they're going to invest in themselves and within you what the outcome is going to be and what's, what's the style and what they can expect when working with you and your team. You're on mute.
0: Sorry about that. Um, just so I'm clear on the question, is it like, what, what can people expect the return when they invest in themselves versus some of the other things? What, what should they expect when they invest in you and they start working with you? Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. So I work with, um, you know, two very different groups of people, right? So there's, um, you know, people who are building service based businesses, usually coaches and consultants who are just starting off uh, wanting to get to their first six figures in revenue, uh, which is a very uh, different journey than people who are you know way past six if not between you know six figures to ten million, uh, roughly ten million dollars in revenue. So so the path is uh, very different because one is truly working on you know themselves and the, it's a very different mindset game. Uh, and they're really learning more sales and marketing. Right. And then the idea is that once you've kind of cracked six and seven figures, you've really, um, solved the sales and marketing piece. And now you're trying to figure out the team piece, right. The team and leadership piece. So, you know, when, when you're working with me, the biggest thing is again, looking at relationships, right. And it's how you relate to yourself, how you relate to others, like your team, how you relate to your work. And when we look at the relationships and, uh, how you're relating to all these things, then we look at, well, how are you showing up to all these things? What are the unconscious patterns that you have that are actually making the decisions that you're making, right? Like who is the actual person that is speaking in this conversation right now, right? When, when you had the moment, right. And I, and I love asking this question and is in the last week, do you recall a conversation that you had where you didn't fully share the extent of everything that you want to share in that conversation? Absolutely. right? And, and did, were you in a negotiation, right? Or a uh, sales conversation where you didn't ask for as much as you desire, right? And and why, right? And and do you have people on your team, right? Do you have people in your life that you've worked with where you know they're not meeting your expectations, yet a conversation has still not been had to the extent that you'd like to have it, right? So when, when I'm just illustrating these scenarios, you know, most people are like, yes, of course, right? And we start to really look at, well, these are the actual blocks that are getting in the way of your growth, right? And, and you know, I'm sure you've heard this before around, you know, there's no business problems, right? they're They're just personal problems masqueraded as business problems. And this is why, right? It's just, what is the conversation that you don't want to have? What is the part of you that's showing up to that conversation? Who, right? Who, is the person showing up to that conversation? And can we look at that person so that you can become consciously aware of who you are so that, you know, and and this truly is breaking people out of the matrix of their minds, right? And to really understand, well, how are you actually navigating the world so that you can really quantum leap into uh, the results and outcomes that you desire? Right. And, and because we've taken people through this process, you know, I personally worked with about six companies one on one last year and every company at least doubled. Right. So they're anywhere from one to 10 million and they at least doubled. Right. And it's because we went through this process of looking at, Hey, you know, what, let's, let's just look at your relationships to everything and, and what's, what's the conversations that we get to have here? Who are the people that we get to bring in and, and really understanding, well, where do you actually start? And what other part of you is just is um, again the fear that's speaking, right? And and can we be super clear of what is the desire that's wanting to move through you and wanting to come through you, and what is the fear that is speaking here instead?
1: Yeah, and I'm my head's racing, but in a very slow pattern. And everything I'm just absorb everything you're saying right there, and it's so true in our personal lives, our business lives. What are the conversations that are not having? And a lot of the time. We're the problem. We have to yes. remove ourselves sometimes from the situation. And we're, oh no, we, we sit there. We're like, no, no, I got this. I, I'm at the beginning, the middle, the end. And it's, that, that's not the answer. Right. Sometimes you are the problem and you got to realize that. Then have those hard conversations that really need to be had because the other person, believe it or not, might be thinking the same thing, maybe a different path, but in their brain, they might be having that same thing. Like, why can't we have this conversation? Right. And
0: you know, And when I look at that, um, you know I might ask you, "Hey, um, how long have you been avoiding that conversation for? You know one week, one month, like three months, one year, several years. And if we can catch those moments of, oh well, the conversation that typically might have taken you three to six months, if we can catch it and compress that time down to now minutes, if not days, that is truly the quantum leap. That is truly the compression of time. We just took one process that took you six months. And now we've shortened it to days, if not minutes. And how many more of those patterns can we find and keep compressing that time? And that is when people will, you know, uh, really start to see the acceleration of the quantum leap at a, a speed that they cannot could, could even possibly imagine. Because then you start to uh, really realize, well, time is definitely just a construct. Right? Yeah, man,
1: that's I love it. I love it. You know, you kind of touched on this, but I'm sure from time to time. You, uh, people that work with you, companies that work with you have a way of surprising you. You had mentioned you had six last year and, and there were a lot of companies even during COVID that, that doubled, tripled, had yep. their best years yet. And I also am, I, I'm very aware of the fact that there were a lot of companies and people that did not. Sure. If you wouldn't mind, could you share a success story? <sighs> Details, the people, the companies, if not, you know, be, you know,
0: but yep. give us a, because they worked with you, Sure. What was the outcome? Sure. Um, so first off, uh, I think it's important to note that every single company that we work with doubled. Every single company that we work with had their best years in 2020, right? And and I say that because yes, right, other companies had um, you know some of their worst years, right, because of the nature of the business that they were in, whether it's retail or hospitality. But I think it's important uh, for people to know what's actually possible, so that they can't hold that belief in their world anymore. Side by side with all these companies to your point that are finding some of their biggest years of success. Right. So, um, so one person I think of is, um, you know, one of my clients, Alicia, who grew from 1 million to 5.5 last year. Right. And, you know, and all those were again, just, you know, little jumps, right? So the first thing is, um, an increase in price, because why do we not increase price? Oh, because of the way that we viewed our, our clients in this industry. Right. So, um, and because there was a level of fear of not wanting to do so, we said, "Okay, well, what's the type of client you want to attract?" In any It's like, well, this client's like, okay, great. So let's bump up the price. So you know, that was just one conversation, and then it a massive result, right? And then the rest of the conversations are really just around team, right? It's it's hiring the couple key people that really got these folks out. So another person that comes to mind, um, you know, she was working forty to sixty hours a week right? And she has a business that launches courses, right? And she's, um, you know, quite, you know, she's remarkable, a remarkable entrepreneur. She's done quite well and quite uh, well known in the industry, right? And same thing. She was was working 40, 60 hours. I said, well, how many hours would you like to be working? It's like, I don't know, like less. And because it's, it's, it's for so many people, it's not even a reality. It's not even a possibility. So we said, okay, well, what about 10? What about less than 10? What if you work 10 hours the entire month, Right. And, and that for some people is not even a paradigm that they can live inside of. Right. So I said, okay, look, let's, let's see how it goes. So in, so we've been working together for a year now. um, And inside the first six months, she went from working from 60 hours a week down to less than 20. And she just took the last, and, and during that time, her team executed a launch and had her first seven figure launch where she was working less than 20 hours a week. And now um, she just took basically just took the last three months off. Right. And she's just coming back and saying, Oh, you know, well, you know, now I'm not so sure if I want to be an executive. So we're now working to uh, hire her another executive uh, inside the company. Right. So that's that's the so that's just one example um, multiplied by so many others. Right. And you know, you you mentioned Andres earlier, who's on your show and he works with me in Preston. And this is probably one of the best best. Highlights and moments in my life, right? Like Preston is such a—he's not only my beer, uh, my business partner, but he's a dear friend. And you know, I came in and said, "Hey, look, let's partner. I'll help run the organization because you're about to have twins, right? You already have one kid. You're about to have twins, and you're not going to want to be doing the amount of work that you're currently doing in the business. So let me let me come in. So we come in, hire some salespeople, I start to operationalize the business, and the month that. The twins were born. We had our biggest month, right? and we. I'm sitting with him two weeks after the twins are born. He's holding, um, you know, one of his kids in, you know, in his arms. He sees. He pulls out his phone and sees an email come in that we just had enrollment come in. You know, and that, at that point, our our package was five thousand dollars, right for for one of our programs. And he, you know, I just saw his face of wow. I was just here, and my business is still running, right? And and you know and And Kaboom, in our first year, we, you know, served almost 300 coaches, right? So we had an extraordinary year. Um, And, you know, he got to spend, you know, every day he ends his day at three o'clock and he goes and spends time with his family and that's it, right? So that's, um, so, you know, people work with me because I start with looking at, well, what is it that you actually want? And most people have never actually sat to think about this question because then, you know, what happens if you actually get it? So we look at it from a time and money perspective of how much money do you actually want to make? How much time do you actually want to be spending in the business? And we say, great. So let's design the business from there. And, you know, and that's what we've been able to do time and time again.
1: Yeah. Reverse engineering is what I kind of just heard right there. It's like, you know, and, and you had mentioned something and a lot in the, in the solo shows, we talk about success and how do you define success and, or how do you create success and a few things, mentorship, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail, and on the flip side, willingness to define success, and why so many people don't do that, is because when you define success, you in essence have defined failure, and that's scary. And and you mentioned the the one female uh, entrepreneur that you sat there. How many hours do you want to work? And she couldn't define it at that time. I'm you know since then, obviously she's defined it, and now she's finding a way to have someone else kind of run the things. What do you feel is a key attribute in? becoming and creating success?
0: Yeah. Um, So the first thing is having a vision for what that success looks like, right? So we just talked about that. So moving that to the side, then it's actually being clear on, well, how are you actually get there? What's the execution plan? What does it actually look like? And for a lot of organizations, um, you can get from, you know, six to seven or even, you know, multiple, um, multiple seven figures, even upwards of $10 million more, just being really good at sales and marketing and nothing else, quite frankly. Um, you want to really start to scale out your time then you have to start hiring team you want to have a self-managed um, self-led self-growing organization then you focus on the leadership of yourself and the leadership of that team so that people are truly able to uh, work with each other right and and those would be i would say that are, are probably the biggest things that people get to really work on and look at um, but you know most most folks, are stuck in a level of scarcity. If, if they're just making that jump of, well, hiring my first team, then the question is, well, if you had those hours freed up, what would you do with it? And what is the uh, revenue that you'd be able to generate? And is that more than what you'd be paying out to this other person who's doing the things, right? And it could be something simple like doing your laundry or cleaning your house or whatever it is. But... Um, you know, the very, very first hire that we um, have any entrepreneur make is always going to be an executive assistant, personal assistant, and just get those things off their plate immediately. Because then it just starts to, toggle you and elevate you into the frequency of really, truly sitting in the visionary seat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I love that. Uh, One of my coaches helped me create a Peggy Uh, as as opposed to me being the director of traffic. It was where everyone had access to an inbox where data would go as opposed to me shooting it out to where it belonged. And I mean, it alone saved me um, 24 full days of my life. When I, we looked at hourly, what I was wasting my time on, 24, yeah. 24 hour days, I'm just like, yeah, you're paid for the next year. Literally just wrote the check and said, here's the next 12 months because you just gave me 24 full days of my life back. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what, that, that's what the right coach, the right executive assistant, the right team around you will help create because you can't get time back. I don't know if we value time enough. We look at it from a money perspective, but we don't look at the value because there's only so much time. You know, it's one of the scarcest things out there.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, right, is you know, speaking about scarcity, like money is an infinite resource, right? It can be produced over and over again, leveraged on top of itself so that you can have cash on cash returns. And yet most people don't see that, right? So it, the whole game is, you know, create the infinite resource of time in order for you to buy back the only finite resource that you have. I'm sorry, the infinite resource of money to buy back the finite resource that you have, which is time. And, you know, and for, for you, um, you know, I imagine it's spending time with family, right? So, <laughs> right? And uh, for me, it's just, you know, having fun and learning my next thing. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. All right. A few more questions as we come, sure. come to the end. Um, I feel in times of prosperity, it's easier to win. The wins just come in, they flow in there. But I think ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze and the world's still feeling some form of squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you?
0: Oh, man. So one of the things that I'm probably the most excited about is that uh, we're essentially building a venture company for the you know, coaching and edu- online education space. So my entire goal is to take all these business owners who have built these really successful seven, eight figure businesses and help them essentially get out of their businesses. Right? So the goal is to get them off of uh, out of the executive role. So um, it's to help them really sit in the the seat of the entrepreneur and the artist and to really just continue to be the creative talent. Um, Because I I primarily work with personal brand-driven businesses. So the idea is like, let's get you out of the executive role. Let's keep on growing your business so that we can just uh, create more leverage and build more cash and extract more cash out of this business. Let's leverage that cash in order to build more audience for you so we can keep building your personal brand, building more audience so we can aggregate trust, right? And then once we aggregate that trust, we leverage that trust in order to reinvest in other assets, um, you know, like different software companies, physical products companies, um, you know, other services, uh, competing services, et cetera, that are going to really help to maximize the lifetime value of the audience. So, you know, that entire process is probably the thing that I am the most excited for is taking um, multiple companies. So we're, you know, we're currently um, doing that for several uh, companies at the moment, where we're actively working on that. Um, and then, you know, eventually uh, towards the end of this year, or next year, I want to actually raise a fund uh, in order to do this as well. So that's um, yeah, it's it's quite exciting. Uh, the vision for me has always been, um, you know, coaching is is one of the most transformative, if not the most transformative tool uh, that I've ever come across. Right, like literally. Uh, Transformation being by definition, person A walks into the room, person B walks out, right? Vastly different human being. So, you know, how do we facilitate this uh, at scale? And, you know, and I I truly want to build this back engine to support um, just really powerful, ethical, uh, mission-driven coaching organizations. And if they don't have the coaching and leadership development component that we talked about earlier, then to really be able to... uh, Bring that in as a core competency of that business so that uh, it, it truly becomes, you know, so their customers are just able to reach, you know, levels of success that they haven't been able to before. And that's, 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 man, um, yeah. like when you bring all that together, uh, it's it just, it's the thing that. Um, you yeah, know, I just wake up so, so just every yeah. single day and, uh, I'm just pumped about it.
1: Yeah. If there's a thing is you can see a glow in someone and I know yeah. you can't see Zion right now, but his eyes, his body, just his, it's like, you just, you started beaming with like excitement. So I, I look forward to hopefully hearing more about that because what you're building is it's it's purpose driven. It's mm-hmm. transformative. It's to help, make a real impact and a lasting legacy. And I love that because you know, it's one of the things that that we're looking to build with SuccessFinder. And so when you, when you gravitate and you're around people that are building like-minded businesses to change how we do things going forward, man, I, I absolutely dig it and uh, love. Uh, look forward to hearing more about it. All right, last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this implemented it over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they would see a real impact on their personal or business life.
0: Yeah. So first, I'll, I'll give two quick ones, right? So first thing is exactly what you said, which is do an audit of your time, right? And then draw a line on the, you know, draw a line on a piece of paper and just start to categorize those things, things that give you energy and things that do not give you energy, right? And then take that list and then, um, you know, take all the ones that uh, take energy away from you and figure out how to delegate those right away right? And the things that you're good at, of course, you can actually uh, show people what they are. Uh, on the other side of things, the things that really give you energy, I would also uh, just look at, okay, well, which ones do you really still want to do? And the more you can move more into the category of the things that give you energy and away from the things that take energy away from you, um, you know, you're know, you going to radically transform your business, right? Just by doing this one thing. Um, I don't believe in time management. I think it's a complete... Um, you know, I think that, you know, time management again is asking the wrong question, right? It's optimizing for the wrong equation. It should be optimizing for energy, the thing that again, like makes you glow, the thing that puts you in flow, the thing that really has you beaming and, and filling you uh, and nursing you with that energy. So I'd say that's, that's the first thing. And once you have the delegation and you have more team in front of you, then the next, you know, super tactical thing that's going to be, you know, for everyone on this for everyone listening is stop answering questions of your team and every single time your team comes to you with a question answer with a question which is well what do you think right so you know and and you are going to completely repattern and retrain the behavior of the entire team because they're going to know that you're not going to answer the question anymore and this is going to do a couple things right it's going to empower your team like you've never seen before you're going to see um you know solutions from your team like you've never seen before you're going to build trust with your team, like you've never seen before, because now you're hearing their thought process and what they would do, you know, without, you know, and, and, and sometimes the idea is just, it's exactly what uh, you had, or it's going to be way better, right? So the one question is, well, what do you think we should do here? And you're going to completely change the game when it comes to your, your leadership development here. Man, I, I,
1: I know I've learned a lot, there's several things that I'm sitting here, you know, typing away that I'm going to take away and, 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 and they're there. Sometimes the simplest things are right in front of us, but we choose not to see them. You could have a friend, a spouse, a, a business partner present the same thing that Zion did but sometimes it's when you're ready when when you're able to take it in and how it's presented. So I can say Zion man it's it has been a pleasure and uh there's a lot of takeaways that I've got through this and I know the listeners are as well. Uh his contact information will be in the show notes. I highly recommend reaching out to him. We have got the founder of 1MT and the co-founder of Kaboom Coaching, Zion Kim. Zion thanks,
0: I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much.
1: Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to
0: experiencing The Mastermind Effect.